Oh, hi. Fancy meeting you here. This week's episode is brought to you by Limitless Life Challenge. Limitless Life Challenge is a five-day immersive $5 challenge, which brings you face-to-face with one of the most dangerous animals on the face of the planet, Dr. Chris Lee, and one of the kindest gentle animals on the planet, Lucas Root. The two of us have combined forces out of a collaborative, genius, evil mastermind type of plan. And honestly, it came out of frustration. All this nonsense is like, we're frustrated. Out in the personal development world, there's so much information. But when it comes to, yes, I know I want a happier life. Yes, tell me how much more I can get motivated by having a better life. Well, how do I get a better life? Or how do I have more production? Like I wanted more time. I wanted to be happier. And I wanted to live my life the way I chose to do that. That's really nice, but how do you do it? That's where Lucas and I came in. I'm going to bring in some neuroscience and some strategies that can actually help you heal old traumas and really create the life internally using emotional intelligence, neuroscience research, and mindfulness-based strategies to get you some grounded emotional change, right? Intellectually knowing and not actually making change is just as helpful as having an encyclopedia in the 21st century. It's really nice to look on a bookshelf, but actually does it do anything? Not so much. Lucas consults for Fortune 500 companies. Lucas knows how to get shit done. So all these things to say, if you have five bucks to spend total for the week, immersion to get things done, come saddle up with us. We are excited to have you. Head on over to www.lltribe.com to get started. Or if you head on over to my Instagram, Dr. Chris Lee, and jump into my bio, there's a link there as well. If you want to have fun, transform, laugh, cry, everything else in between. We will be waiting for you. And without further ado, how about we jump into today's episode? I think that'd be I think that'd be a wise choice. All right, I'm gonna go get my coffee. See you guys in like two, one, go. What is going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. We're doing this one proper. If there's kids in the room, put your headphones in. We're about to sit down and swear. It's going to be great. Our special guest today is, I don't want to say one of the most necessary conversations that we're going to have this year, but Olga is a certified divorce specialist. And holy cow, do we need to have some conversations with you today. So I'm extremely excited. She's on the show because uh, I don't remember how we got connected, but I got a follower, a notification on Instagram, and it was like divorce for love. And I thought it was a meme page. I literally thought it was a meme page. So I went to go follow it. And I was like, holy shit, this, this woman actually has amazing fucking content. And I dropped her a message. I'm like, we should, you, I need you on the podcast. And now we're here. So uh, Olga and I were, we've been nearly throwing up from laughing about having this conversation on the show because if you can't laugh about it I mean is it actually really trauma but we're going to have like a nice genuine conversation about how she got to this point because I've never heard of like divorce for love typically it's divorce for blood so we're going to have a good conversation today about how we can more consciously have conversations and make smooth transitions during rocky seas Olga welcome to the show well, thank you, Chris. Uh, my disclaimer for today is going to be that I'm probably going to be cracking up throughout the whole show, but I do want people to understand it's a very serious matter. 
um, we don't take it lightly. It's just that it is true. I mean, the, the concept that I'm trying to bring to the world is pretty new. Um, for some people, it's even absurd. But I do think that there is a possibility to divorce without the animosity. And I knew that I had to get people's attention, especially in today's society. You just have like one millisecond when people see your name. And even though my business coach is trying to convince me um, almost violently to change my name to my actual name. She wants me to be called Olga Nadal because according to her, people only relate to people. But like I said, every time somebody sees my name, it's, it's such an oxymoron that you have to stop and go, what is this? Even if it's like that, like, is it a meme? Is it a joke? Is it, is it for real? And then you come into my content. And again, because it's so novel and so different, and it's inspirational and it's real. Like I'm not selling you a unicorn. I did it. My clients do it. There are people, you know, there is a whole um, new niche of professionals coming out uh, being certified divorce coaches or strategists. Um, so we, we are giving you a different picture, but it is true, Chris. Um, it's still very much um, a concept that is difficult to grasp. But when you go down the rabbit hole that everybody does, I start looking at my post and see like, oh, wait a minute, you may be right. Divorce is not the problem. It's how we divorce. It's do we have to become these um, animals in the process? No, we don't. Do we have to litigate? No, we do not. You don't even need a lawyer to do this whole process. So these are the things that people go, wait, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> Something doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So my main objective, my passion is, one, to educate people, two, to inspire them, and third, to make sure that nobody has to do this alone because I was pretty shocked when I had to go through my own divorce and it was by choice. I was the one ending the divorce, which is very different to wanting to end your marriage, um, which, you know, again, there is a lot of um, moving parts in this whole thing, but it's very important that we don't put blame or guilt on people. But um, anyway, when I wanted to end my marriage, I had a lot of, um, uh, what's the, I, 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 there wasn't enough support. And I'm not talking about my friends and family. I'm talking about there wasn't any professional help unless I wanted to go the litigation route. And as I sat there in the lawyer's office and she was giving me my options and they all included, I'll take everything. And yes, because I am the mother, and in paper, we could prove that I hadn't been working, even though I work all my life, but I always do it the behind the scenes with the restaurants, that I could keep everything. I could keep the houses, the businesses, and the children. And as much as I kept telling my lawyer, she never became a lawyer, it was my initial consultation, that I didn't want to go that route, that I loved and respected this man. I just didn't want to be with him for the rest of my life. But I wanted him to have half of what we created together. And there was no... She, she was just... I, at one point I thought, did I switch to Spanish? This woman is really not getting me. And I had to walk out of that room and try and find a collaborative lawyer. It is true. I live in the middle of the Pacific. There is not that much help. Back then, we didn't have all this whole Zoom technology. So I found myself in a place where I wanted the emotional support that you really need for divorce, and it wasn't there. I needed a legal system that wasn't the litigation and lawsuit style that we have. And I didn't have it. So being the entrepreneurial woman that I am, I decided I was going to change the paradigm. And one divorce at a time, I'm making sure that um, people end their relationships in a healthy, civilized manner. And something that is really, really close to my heart is that the children are not affected. So mm -hmm. if you went to my page, one of the things that I keep repeating all over the place is 
children are not tra traumatized by divorce, they're traumatized by conflict. And yes, we make this correlation that when you get to the point of divorce, there is a lot of conflict or there has been a lot of conflict, but you can still turn things around and you can then create a co-parenting relationship, parallel parenting relationship, single parenting relationship, whatever needs to be done where your child will not be exposed to more conflict. I think to me, the saddest part is not those kids that have to go even through the nastiest of divorces. It's those kids that have to stay in really nasty marriages and they have no way out. I would say, give me a terrible divorce over any terrible marriage. At least a divorce ends the marriage. It's, and I grew up in one of those uh, households where my parents refused to divorce because it was good old Catholic Spain, um, very conservative, and you just didn't do that. But we lived for 10 years in a war zone until my father eventually left with his new girlfriend. So I, it is my passion. It's been the project that I'm the most proud of and seeing people move to the other side and not having left a trail of destruction really is what I hope the majority of divorces in the future um, will bring. So yeah, that's the story. <laughs> oh, mic drop. Um, geez, like... <laughs> So like, I know uh, Olga and I are like giggling about this, but like that it's taken, I, I can only speak for myself in, in the process of like separations that I've had, it takes time to get to this point. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful space when you can get here. Um, and I don't want anybody to think that like we're, we're laughing out of like discomfort, but we're just, we're laughing because we genuinely enjoy this conversation. But the things that you bring up are just like, it's hard like the isolation that I know people feel spirals them into this fear complex. And it's like, what do you do? Like, what's a raccoon do when you like put it in the corner? Like, it's gonna like come out and bite and claw. And I'm like, those are the things that like I typically hear from like people that are quote unquote supporting us during these separations. Like kitty's got claws or like, go fight or go do this or go do that. I'm like, yeah, but like universal laws still work inside of this, right? Like what you fight fights back type of thing. Like what happened to like compassion and connection? And like at some point in your life, you loved that person and that portion of you is not dead yet. Like, what do you tell to those people? Because like this, this is, I, I dare to say like radical and liberal in so many different ways, but it's like necessary. Like this needs to be the direction that we go and we're very indoctrinated with our family's divorces or our parents' divorces. Like what, what's that first step that people can go from, from like, feel like this person's attacking me and limiting my ability to express my life. Like, where's that transition point? Like, what's the bridge? Well, the first thing that you said is, is the starting point is people feel really isolated, really isolated and really threatened. This is one of those moments when your entire life gets turned upside down. And we were talking yesterday on my podcast, you were describing about how fear is the one thing that keeps us in the matrix is what, what keeps us uh, controllable. And when you think about it, divorce means nothing is certain. Everything is to be feared. I don't know what's going to happen to my financial future, to my emotional future, to my children. I don't know if I'm going to have friends after this. So when I say people behave like animals, it's almost the expected reaction. And you have to understand that they are being asked to make incredibly difficult decisions that are going to affect the rest, the rest of their lives and their children's lives. And most of the time, they do not have the proper guidance. They only have a lawyer because that's been the classic system. It's been what I call, I call it the old school divorce. And it's, you just 
wait until your marriage is really horrible. Like you try everything. You try, I mean, the whole fixing. I kept saying, why are you fixing a boat that is sinking? I mean, it's sunk, it's gone. It's, uh, but so you get so exhausted, so angry, so bitter to each other. That's at the point where everybody lawyers up. And again, the traditional context that we get is get the most expensive and most aggressive lawyer that will guarantee that certainty that we're looking for. And then let them go to war and, you know, just give them full control as to what's going to happen. And the sad reality is that what usually happens is that these lawyers will put this, they will implant these ridiculous expectations in your brain of what you can get, which sure, like I said to this woman when she was like, but Olga, you don't understand. You can get all of this. And I said, well, first of all, I don't want it. Secondly, it's going to come at a very expensive price. And I'm not just talking money. I'm talking like the relationship with my ex will be over forever. And I have two children with him. And I wanted to be able to go to birthday, graduations and weddings sitting next to that person. So we, all of that, nobody explains it to us. They just say, you just got to make sure that you get the house, the children and as much money as you can. So then we find ourselves in an even deeper hole because we already have all of our emotions are out of control. Nobody's taking care of that because we only have a lawyer and the lawyer is not a therapist. No matter how much we try to do this, oh they do God. not Say know how to <laughs> Say it again. Your lawyer is not your therapist. Holy. Yeah. And you really don't want him to be your therapist. Oh, you want no. him to know the law and help you with your rights. But um, we, we still try and do our therapy work with the lawyer. And so we are getting no help whatsoever we're getting even lost more laws there and then what usually happens is that the process gets so out of control so out of hand that then it can't even be resolved with the lawyers getting a, a settlement or reaching an agreement then you end up into what i call is the it's a hellhole which is the family court system you have to do everything in your power to not go there now a little side note there is a place for that. And that's why it was created. There are some divorces that are really complicated. There are some humans that really cannot be negotiated with. They will not reach any mediation, arbitration, any sort of agreement will never get there. And there are some people who are in really dangerous situations. That's who those people, the, this system is designed for. So then a judge will decide for them and they just have to follow through. Otherwise they end up in jail. But that's the minority. That should be literally between 1% and 5% of divorces, 95% of divorces. And this is, seriously, guys, if you know a divorce lawyer, ask them and ask them to be honest. 95% of divorces shouldn't be litigated. They should be agreed. Now, another little side note. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use lawyers. When you follow my program, you do consult with lawyers. Everything gets reviewed before you sign with a lawyer. But you get a team because like I've been saying before, you know, you have all these sort of um, areas that need to be taken care of, like the emotional area, the financial area. That's another part where your lawyer is not your best ally. You need to get a certified financial advisor that is going to look at your numbers and tell you exactly what you need. So anyway, um, I, I say that you always need a team to work on your divorce, which again, is a very novel concept. Everybody thinks that you can do it with one person. And I say, well, have you ever tried to build a house with one person? You can't expect the architect to put down the pipes and you wouldn't want to. So the new divorce is going to be one where most people will following my system, they will hire a divorce strategies or a coach, which again, even though it may seem like it's an, it's an unnecessary 
person. Um, think about 20 years ago when the realtors came into the picture and everybody was like, I don't need a realtor. I'll just buy and sell my house directly. And now nobody thinks of buying or selling their house without a realtor. So we will be the person that will handle the, we don't handle the process, but we'll guide you through the process. And we will be the ones that will take care of finding you that emotional support, that legal support. We will explain the whole process because ultimately you are in such a distressed state that you don't even understand what your options are. And you need someone who has the techniques, the psychological and coaching techniques to help you understand. Most of my clients come to me in tears going like, I sit with my lawyer, I'm paying $400 an hour and he's just throwing things at me and I have no idea what he's talking about. And yes, there is all that legal mumbo jumbo that I go like, okay, sit down, grab a glass of wine or a cup of tea. We're going to go through this in one hour, half the price. I explain them the whole process. I put their minds at peace. So they, they get a better idea that this is not a lawsuit. That's the thing that I try to explain to them. This is a business dissolution. It's a partnership. You're going separate ways. You just have to find a way that both parties win. You don't want a winner and a loser because I can tell you after years of doing this, if you think that you won, you're going to be paying for it later on. And that's the part that mm. then I have to work with people in really horrible co-parenting situations. I even had a client that had spent, Chris, you're going to die, $500,000 litigating after the divorce because she didn't think that she had gotten as much as she needed. And then she found all these ways and he was refusing to pay her anymore. He wanted to stick to the one agreement that they had reached $500,000 later. And I don't even want to quantify how much emotional distress he had to go through. So all this to say, there is a different way and it's here. It's not something that, oh, I'm talking to you about in 20 years, we could create this model. No, no, this is the new school of divorce. And all that you have to do is to find help to say, hey, yes, I am going ahead with this. How is the best way to do it? And then- yeah you will get to the other side, which is where I really love to focus to your next great chapter, where you don't have to carry all the emotional baggage, even the debt from having had a divorce that was beyond traumatizing. Oh my gosh. So and it's, if you have 500, half a million dollars of legal fees, you're going to need just that much for like therapy to like navigate that, right? Like I just... Chris, you have no idea. Once people start being honest about their divorce, and I've had it on my Instagram page, I've asked people, okay, what did you spend more on your wedding or your divorce? And people will be like, are you kidding me? Like I'm $100,000 deep in debt and we're not even done. I've had people that went seven years all the way to the Supreme Court and they were still fighting. You have any idea how much that is in legal fees? You're never getting out of that hole. And this is the other secret that I can tell everybody now, because like I said, once you're in the industry, you learn all these things and you just wish that everybody knew. Even though you may have spent half a million dollars, seven years of your life, you will not get what you think is fair. It's so, so brutally devastating to know that the justice system is just going to do what the book says. They're not going to take in co into consideration things that for you are really important. They're going to say like, sorry, you know, um, in, by the book, yeah, she gets to keep the child. And um, if you want to fight, again, go to the Court of Appeals and let's continue uh, 
kicking down the this can, but it's you you have to try and do everything to negotiate with that person outside the core system because that's when you really have wiggle room. And I believe in humans. I mean, sure, like I said, the divorce process is one of the most difficult moments of your life. You may not be at your best behavior, but I do believe that our ultimate nature is good and kind and compassionate. And you just have to find how to communicate to that person in a way that you can bring, even if it's a smidget of that kindness and goodness, or even their selfish desire to move on with their life. Whatever it is, if you learn how to negotiate and how to communicate, and if you don't, you get a fantastic mediator, collaborative lawyer, divorce strategist to do the job for you. I am 99% certain that you can always find that way to get to an agreement that, like I said, everybody wins a little and everybody loses a little. That's, that's what divorce is. You're, you're never going to walk out of there going like, wow, that was fun. And I got everything I wanted. And let's, let's rock and roll again. Yeah, you know, let's that's one, more, one more ride around the pony. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just not. But like, I, I genuinely don't think like people don't know that this option is available like I they're, they're just like nope saddle up like get the war horses out and like get the tanks and like no and that's what like I, I think we forget that like a lawyer's job is to make you look like the golden person and to make that other person look like the devil right like that is their job is polarization right? And that's what the ego's job is. So like, you're literally hiring somebody to like fire up your own ego versus like, can I go into this with compassion? Like there is a different way. Is this the easier way is my question for you. I find easier. <laughs> right. I mean, it's where do you place uh, the emphasis? Like to me, it was the same as when they were asking me, why did you leave so much on the negotiating table? And I said, I, it wasn't by accident. I purposely left those things because A, I wanted my ex to have a financial future. So my children will always be taken care of. B, I really believe that they needed to spend as much time with me as they needed with him. I, I never wanted to feel like, you know, we always want to give everything to our children, but, oh, I will deprive you from spending time with your father. And again, there may be circumstances where, yes, you have to keep them away from the other person. They are mentally unstable, they're going through issues. But if the, if the other person is a perfectly capable human, just because you don't want to be with them, it doesn't mean that your children don't want to be with them. So I, I didn't leave anything that I wanted to take with me if the price was, I will never speak to that person again. My children will have to only see friction between us. So for me, it was easy. It was so easy to say, take it, keep it. I know myself, I can create abundance like this. Um, that's another thing. We, we go into this men mindset of, I've got I've to fight for everything because I will never get anything else. And, and I'm going to be, you know, the whole, I will never find love. I will never find money again. And my children will hate me. None of those three statements are true. They're only true if you want them to make true. If you really want to believe them, sure, you are going to end up destitute, living with cats, and your children will never talk to you. But it doesn't have to be that way. You're more than capable to create your own financial success, even more if you don't have to <laughs> share it with another person. You are more than capable of doing the kind of parenting that really aligns with you when you have your children under full control over you but for the time that you have them and then they have their time away. And to me, it was just like, 
don't believe that, you know, but, but if it's easier for you to stay in that mindset, then that will be the first step that I will, if you come to me and you say, look, this is not going to be easy. I think that the easier route is the other one. Then we'll sit down and explore. Okay. What, what is really easy and what isn't because once I give you all the information, once I tell you all of these things that I've told you, if you still say, no, I really think that I'm going to lawyer up. Yeah. Maybe running up a bill of half a million dollars is worth it. Then I'll be like, okay, well, at least now you have all the information and your choice is perfectly respectable. But what I'm finding is that nobody knows this until it's too late, until they've already lost their children, their money, and their sanity. And that's what I'm trying to say. All that I'm saying is, just listen, there's another option. You want to know more? Okay, here it is. And that's why I go to town explaining everything on all my social media, all my podcasts. I'm even writing a book. I'm just saying there is another way. Do you want to take it? Great. If you don't, equally respectable. I don't, yeah. I don't care, but you know, these are the consequences. And again, if, if you want to have a divorce that doesn't traumatize your children, then you cannot expect that a court hearing will not tra traumatize them. That yeah. having custody visitations with uh, an assessment person there will not traumatize them. So one thing that I ask everybody that is thinking about divorce, because this is another important subject, divorce starts way before you hire a lawyer. Divorce starts when you start looking on Instagram for divorce hashtags. You start asking your friends. You start wondering. You start doing quizzes about your relationship. That's when divorce starts. And that's where you need to do a lot of inner work to see where you are with that process. But that's the point. Before you hire your lawyer, your divorce team, your, your everything, that you need to make sure that this is going to be the, the choice that you want. So go out there, find all the information possible, and then make your decision and then say, yep, I'm going the nasty route or I'm going the, in my opinion, easier route. But yes, I get it. For some people, it may not be easier. Some people, you know, it's, it takes a lot of personal growth. That's why I saw my divorce as the catalyst to all of my personal growth and transformation because I chose so. I chose that it wasn't going to be traumatizing. I chose that it was going to be something that was going to empower me. But you have to, to know that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of inner work. There's a lot of fighting your ego that is going to have to come into the picture. So, I don't know. I almost see people wanting it to be hard or like that's what they think it should be. So that's kind of like how they live. Well, this is the, the other half of my of the battle that I'm fighting. So I have my clients that come to me and say, I want this, but I don't even know if it's possible. Can you show me? And then I go like, look at my life. I did it. And right now my life, it's a freaking joke of amazingness. And it was even amazing during my divorce. But what I'm saying is like, you can do this too. So first of all, yes, it is possible. And it wasn't just me, it's my clients too. Secondly, when you say to me like, well, yeah, but then society doesn't want to, and I'm working one-on-one -on -one with my clients, but then they go out there and they implement what I ask them to implement and they get the backlash from society saying like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Yes, we'll have Thanksgiving together. Like screw him, get rid of him. He's a no good or whatever. That's my half of the battle. I've got to go out there and that's why I'm writing the book to tell society, no, we're not doing anybody any favors, especially our children, which is the future generations, by perpetuating the myth that divorce has to be nasty. It doesn't, okay? The only people who benefit 
are the lawyers, the, and not all the lawyers, but the shark lawyers. So what I was going to say before, when you start thinking about the divorce process, I ask everybody to watch the movie A Marriage Story. Did you watch oh it, Chris? Oh my gosh. Yes, I watched it. Uh, I will fully admit I watched that uh, with a bubble bath and Epsom salt, and I bawled my face <laughs> off. What was, can I ask you, what was your, um, your takeaway from it? Like, what was your, what do you think? I mean, it's heart wrenching, um, but it was, it was the change. It was like the choice. And I think it was that, that state of like empowerment that, that it came down to. And the, that's what it did for me is it like left me with like, okay, it was, it was a paradigm breaking moment for me is what it really was. It's like, oh, 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 there is. <laughs> and it just looks like, oh shit. Like there's different options. And I'm like, okay, like if I like start to take myself out of it, like, am I actually act acting in integrity for the person that I am inside of this like process and things like that? Um, it, it was a lot of different things. It brought up a lot in, inside of me, honestly. I think, I think it's a beyond brilliant movie i think that everybody should watch it no matter what state in your life you are but especially if you're thinking about divorce to me looking at it from the perspective of a professional who specializes in divorce it was just fascinating to see it in action it was almost like i was a fly in the wall when the lawyer um oh gosh what's her name this beautiful actress the tall laura penn is that Yes. No, uh, who is that? It's, uh, He's talking to Scarlett Johansson and Scarlett yeah, yeah. Johansson is going to get divorced. She has the best intention. She's like me walking into that uh, room, talking to my lawyer, but she works and seriously watch that clip again. The lawyer works all her manipulation, negotiation, emotional techniques to get her to do what she wants her to do, which is oh, we're going to have a divorce where I'm going to fill up my bank account He's going to get screwed because I have a personal vendetta with men too. And you're going to get things that you don't even want. And by the end of the movie, you see that when she said, yeah, I even gave you a little bit of extra custody, like a 1% extra. She was like, I didn't want that. And she was like, well, I just want to give it to you. So eventually it was, it was the lawyer's divorce that had happened. They didn't want any of that to happen. They had agreed it was going to be amicable. But this is the problem. We're so vulnerable. When I walked out of that lawyer's room, I had that choice to sign up her retainer fee and go like, oh, well, yes, I guess that I can get everything. I'll never have to work for the rest of my life. And, you know, great. Or say, no, I'm not doing this. This just doesn't align with anything. Not, not a single fiber in my body says, yes, this is the way forward. But I'm a very strong opinionated woman that has been leading my businesses. So I've, I've been able to stand up to people. I understand that's not the case with the majority of women who have been in a marriage where the man was, and sorry, I don't mean to be gender specific, but it tends yeah. to be, uh, I work mostly with women who they haven't had a say, they haven't been able to speak up. They don't know how to say no to things. So then they go to a lawyer that sees them as their potential um, boat, <laughs> right? Or whatever you want to call it. And they go like, yep, yeah, you know, this is going to happen. And the women don't find it in themselves to say, no, this is not what I want. So it's again, it's that moment where you're so vulnerable, find the right help. Okay. Cause they are going to guide you one path or another. And like I said, nowadays we have a very different path. So first thing, remove the block of, sorry, there is only the nasty divorce. And seriously, just go on Instagram. If you don't believe me and do searches for collaborative lawyers for collaborative divorce, 
um, divorce coaches, and you'll get all million testimonials on people. Um, my, I even have testimonials on my page of women saying, oh my gosh, if I hadn't found you, I don't know where I will be today. And I tell them, oh no, I know where you will be in the courtroom wishing you had found me. And a lot of people say that like, oh my gosh, I wish I had found you before I got into this. So if anything, I just want to spread the word. I want the book to be out there and everybody that gets married, get a copy because you never know. I mean, it's not that you never know. It's that one in two are going to end up divorced. And that's another part. That's another battle that I'm fighting. The whole stigma of it. Oh, the whole, oh, you failed. I was like, "Mm -mm, don't you dare saying that to me. Failure doesn't exist in my vocabulary. And having been with an adorable human being that we worked together for 16 years, we created one restaurant in Hawaii, two restaurants in the Hamptons, two beautiful humans. Uh, I mean, success, like you can even imagine. And we had the most beautiful time together. Now, just because I don't want that to be my 365 days (laughs) for the rest of my life, doesn't mean that I failed. I would have yeah. only failed if I stayed in it, not wanting to. So that's another different battle. Divorce is not the failure. Staying somewhere where you are not fulfilled, oh, that is prison. That is that is yeah. the big F. A monstrous prison too. And I think that shift, if you can embody that of like, this is not a failure, because I think so many men and women, like this is not this is not a gendered thing, see that marriage as like a, a deems of worthiness of like, okay, I make my marriage work, therefore I am worthy and that is valuable and I am valuable. Like that that whole equation starts to play out. And then if it doesn't work, then, oh, I must not be worthy. I am not good enough. And then they continue to seek that external validation and continue to spiral into toxic masculine and toxic feminine energies and things like that versus cool, we're going to hit this thing with compassion and really open and, ourselves up. And do that from the beginning of the marriage. Like, yeah. um, I, and that was something that I remember a comment I got on my Instagram when I said, I started creating this new series, which was new wedding vows. And there were some that one of them was, um, okay, let's give this a try. And if it ends, it's all good. And I remember people go like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. You don't respect the vows. You probably said that you will be with that person until death do us part. And I said, actually not. When we got married, that was one thing that I was super adamant. And I said, I'm more than happy to say we will be with each other for as long as we are happy, but I'm never going to swear what the hell I'm doing for the rest of my life. I, I cannot make that kind of commitment on anything, let alone a relationship. I mean, we... It baffles me how, oh, you're unhappy. Oh, lose some weight. You're unhappy. Oh, uh, do this new course. You're unhappy. Have another child. And it's like, well, are we looking at the person that we're spending most of our time with who makes us miserable? And yet we have to stay in it because as you very well said, that's my worth. That's my value. And if I'm not married and a mom, I don't know who I am. And I don't even want to try to figure it out because Mm -hmm. it seems like, and again, yes, in, in my mom's generation, there wasn't a possibility to be an incredibly successful, happy, joyful, fulfilled single woman in your 40s or whatever. That just didn't exist. I mean, you, you may as well just lock yourself up in a convent. But nowadays, you can do that. Nowadays, if you still are convinced that, no, my way of happiness is being with somebody who I'm man in love with, then you will very likely find that because... My mom's generation, 
they didn't have this way of meeting new people. Our generation, like seriously, ladies, the minute that you tell that you, are, you tell the community or uh, Tinder or whoever that you are single, you have no idea. They're come out, they're gonna come out of the woodwork. So all these fears that we created, seriously, they are from our past generation. They don't exist anymore. To me, it's like trying to do things without a computer. Like why? We have a computer nowadays. So just use the tools that we have. So why are you trying to do divorce the old school way? We're telling you, you can do it this different way. It's going to save you a shit ton of money, an awful amount of emotional turmoil. And you're going to end up in a place that you go like, okay, well, why didn't I do that before? <laughs> and right. then you'll become an evangelist. Like you'll be like everybody that, this is a little bit of a private joke, but everybody who divorced now, we, we kind of, get together at parties and we go like, oh my God, look at that. You look at the married couples and please, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but you just go like, oh, wait, ooh. Uh, and we are just like, we don't have that baggage to deal with. Yes, we may have our other challenges, but at least we don't have to handle or deal with somebody that the love is not there anymore for whatever reason. And that's the other thing, like you always have to find a fault with your marriage in order to end. No, you don't. I've created this new term because people were really pissing me off coming up to me and going, what was wrong? You guys were the perfect couple. Something must have happened. Did somebody cheat? Was someone abusive? Or is, I was like, what are you talking about? And then I came up with this term of, no, we, we, we just had, we were suffering from FMS. And like, what the hell is FMS? And I said, like, oh, it's fulfilled marriage syndrome. It's a thing. It's when your marriage has been fulfilled. You did all the things that you had to do together. You learned all the lessons that you had to learn. And then you say, I love you. I wish you all the best, but uh, we are just not going to wake up every morning next to each other. And you move on to the next chapter of your life. I actually think that when I look back at my life, it's almost like I'm living five different lifetimes in one lifetime. And it's because I am willing to take these risks and change if I feel like, okay, this part of my life is fulfilled. What is next? Mm. Oh my goodness. And I, there's, there's just so much that I want our listeners to to dive into inside of this. It's it's hard to to find the right words for it because it's it's such this indoctrinated programming that we all have of like this is how this works and this like and and I'm I'm just astonished at this personally. Because I, I, Chris, I just love that. I admire how open-minded you are, how quick you are to grasp all these concepts. You know, you, you work with neuroscience and yet this new concept is leaving you speechless, which oh. I've never seen, Chris. Like you were seen Chris speak and so eloquently. And with this, you're like scratching your head. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. Well, cause like, I, you know, my parents were divorced. It, like that was like a lot of how I built my relationships out, right? And stuff like that versus like, yeah, what if like you just filled that up and like I'm trying to remember the quote that that my coach was telling me about something similar to the vows that you were talking about like is the is your favorite food the favorite food that you had when you were 10 the same food that's your favorite food now. And I'm like cosmic brownies and cosmic like like let's not point the finger at cosmic brownies cosmic brownies did nothing wrong to anybody but it's like that's so true and like when it comes to a relationship I have no idea what I'm going to want when I'm 30 or 40 or 50. And like, yes, I hope like somebody can continue to grow with me. And if they don't, 
No worries. But this is the thing, Chris. They may be growing just at a different rate or in a different direction. And that's totally fine. That's exactly yeah. what happened with my relationship. We, we just started growing and wanting to do different things. And it was there was this constant tension as to you do what I want to do so we are happy or I'll do what you want to do so we, we are happy. So there was always one of us was happy, the other one was unhappy. And it got to a point where it was like, why are we doing this? Like you were saying about the food, I tell my, my especially again, women, how many of you can fit in the same pants as you used to wear when you first got married? Like seriously. No, we change. Our bodies evolve. Our bodies change. So does our mind. Or you will hope so. And I think that this is one of the biggest fallacies that have been sold to us in society. And it's that we, all of us, all of us human, we crave monogamous relationships. And we just love and get so excited about marrying somebody at a young age and then staying with them no matter what for the rest of our lives. That's like a, a biological instinct. And I'm like, Find me the flipping gene that proves that because it doesn't exist. It's just a construct that we've been sold. And now I sell this new construct that is, what about people? What if we got this wrong? And in reality, you're supposed to have whatever the hell you want. What do you want? Do you want monogamous relationship that lasts for the rest of your life? Great, go for it. Do you want a series of monogamous relationships? Fantastic, you do that. Do you want polyamorous? Do you want to you want to live with your cats and be happy with it, do it. And nobody has to judge us for that. And nobody has to say, oh, you failed because you don't do the same thing that I do. That's the biggest. If I can remove that nasty weed from society's consciousness, then I think that because I tell that to my clients, like, okay, if nobody was going to criticize you, if you knew that your relationship with your ex was not going to get any worse, I'm not saying that you're going to be besties, but you know, it's just manageable and your kids are going to be okay. Would you divorce? And seriously, ask this even to married people. And the majority of them will say, hell yes. I mean, you're telling me that's, you remove all those blockages. Yeah. I don't want to be in a marriage. I just don't want to be in it for the rest of my life. I'm not saying that's the whole of society. There are some people who are very happy to drive their same car, get the same phone, wear the same clothes for the rest of your life. That gives them a lot of safety, security, and maybe in that construct, having the same person with them for the rest of their lives, it sounds wonderful, fantastic. But I'm telling you, the majority of us, that's not how we roll. And especially nowadays, our society changes so quickly. We have so many opportunities. And the whole premise of marriage has even changed. I mean, come on, if you really look and read about the history of marriage, we didn't marry out of romantic love. That was something that was sold to us in, you know, in the Renaissance with the poets. People were married just to join uh, a land and um, to have a little bit more of security. The women couldn't work. They couldn't be independent. The men wanted their 60, 100 children to be raised by the woman at the house. But do we live in that society anymore? No. Hell so no. Why, why are we acting by those rules? Why are we following them? It's such like, these conversations are such a reminder that like, we are so sold these constructs and like, whatever the fuck makes you happy, makes you happy. And like, happiness is a subjective definition. That's up to you. You get to choose whatever that is. And if somebody else's happiness coincides with yours, awesome. And if they challenge it, good. You tell that person to fuck off. This is my happiness. This is my island. And you burn the bridges and you move on. Like it, oh, wow. 
so much, so much to digest here. And I know we're going to have just so much more of this conversation in the future, but if people want to connect with you and to like hear more about this, cause like, I don't know about you, but like, yes, I am pretty stunned into silence over here. If you want to connect with you and just see what you're doing, where's the best place to do that? It's all Divorce for Love. So my Instagram handle is Divorce for Love. So it's my website. And yeah, that's Instagram is where I hang the most. And then you can contact me and wherever you are in the process. One of the main reasons why I started this project was to really serve those who are in this state that I feel that society totally rejects you and ostracizes you and doesn't give you the resources. And I, I want to be there. So even if you are not thinking of hiring me, you don't want to work with me. If you just need, you know, a helping hand, a crying shoulder, just contact me. I, I really, I think it's so horrible that we don't take better care of people who are going to this. You know, we're, we're becoming very aware about mental health issues and we were still turning a blind eye to this situation that a lot of people end up in really, really, problematic um, and stages of it and, and they don't have any support and you know people are judging them and a lot of people end up overusing you know medication and self-medicating and um, I, I don't want anybody to go there and I by no means I am a proponent of divorce I always say I'm not pro-marriage I'm not pro-divorce but if you really feel that your safety your sanity your kids is, is at a stake then then talk to me. I mean, again, I, I feel like some people are almost slaves to a paradigm that, I mean, it's legal, people. <laughs> That's the main thing. It's legal. So it's morally acceptable. You're not doing anything wrong. The only thing that you need to do, it's learn how to do it. And then mm. just do it. Um, so, so find the help. And yeah, so there was all of, oh, and then my, my podcast is Your Next Great Chapter. That one, it's all about you know, how people handle transitions, because ultimately, when you look back with hindsight, you see that divorce is just a transition. It's a huge one. And nobody prepares us for it. Nobody teaches us. Nobody even wants to be there fully to support us. But it's a transition. And if you learn from other people how they work through transitions in their lives, you end up coming up with a model. And Again, even if it's just inspiration, you, you will feel like, you know, you were sharing your story with me yesterday. And I was like, if Chris was able to come out of that hole and still be here, radiant, humorous, come on, I'm sure that I can do whatever transition you are in your life. So, yeah, if you need inspiration because you're going through a challenging time, that's, that's a good podcast too. Do yourself a gosh darn favor and go just reach out to her any of this information is like hitting home for you or it's just like it's it's stirring you right if you're kind of like dumbfounded like I am right now just reach out right like see what she has to say see how she can hold space for you to find a more peaceful solution to something that probably potentially isn't really a problem Olga I can't thank you enough for being on this show this has just been earth shattering for me Thank you so much, Chris. I love talking to you. And hey, we didn't swear much, did we? I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm like trying to keep a tally over here. Like, should we just like, no, we were not going to do that. This has been an amazing and I cannot wait to have you back on. The next time we'll talk about all the stuff that gets us up and swearing. But until then, 
guys, don't forget to rate and review this show. It helps us out tremendously and seriously do yourself a humongous favor and just connect to this amazing, amazing woman. Olga, again, thank you so much for being on the show.